all felt the emptiness. Something that was broken. Missing. Or taken from you. A moment that tried to steal your hope. But there's another empty. Because of an empty tomb, God says you can have a life that's full of faith, hope, peace, and grace. The tomb is empty, so you don't have to be. Thank you for joining us, friends and family of Westover. We're continuing a series entitled Empty. You know, emptiness comes in all shapes and sizes. You can have a busy life and emptiness still stalk you. You can be in a relationship or a marriage and emptiness still abound. If, if you go to Amazon Books and you, you look up the word empty, there's over a thousand entries of books or articles on empty. There's the introduction to emptiness. There's the insights to emptiness. There's the stages of emptiness. There's so much written about emptiness. In fact, if you Google the phrase, when all you've ever wanted isn't enough, Google that phrase, and there are over 600 million hits on the internet that people have commented, written, written songs about it. Emptiness seems to be a part of our everyday life. Emptiness is kind of describing so many people today, like a, like a gallery, like a museum, an empty picture frame that has so much potential, but it's missing the masterpiece. And what I want to say is because the tomb of Jesus is empty, our lives don't have to be. And the message we want to share with you today is that God can work in your life, whatever the emptiness Whatever the ache, whatever's going onward, wherever you feel like you're missing something, God wants to fill that emptiness and do something in your life. God can do something for you and I. Scripture tells us in the book of, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says that he is so rich in kindness, speaking of God, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son and forgave our sins. God purchased our lives so that, that we wouldn't be empty, we wouldn't be hollow. And God is saying because of Jesus, we don't have to live an empty life, we can live a life that's full of grace. God intends that you and I have a life full of grace. Now, grace, we sing about amazing grace. I'm sure many of you have heard that song or sang that or know some portion of that verse. Uh, we talk about the grace of God. You hear it. We say grace over our, over our meals sometimes when we eat. We call that grace. But, but what is grace? Somebody said grace is God's unmerited favor. Let me kind of give us a, a working understanding of what grace is. This is my own definition. Grace is God's unlimited kindness and God's inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. Unlimited and inexhaustible, God extends his kindness, his grace to us to forgive us 
and to bless us. I hear people from time to time, they get, they get so excited about getting an income tax refund. I got a large income tax refund this year. Well, that's wonderful, but you know, it's your money. It was just, it's your money that you're getting back. We get excited about it. But there are times in life, I just don't need my stuff. I need more than my stuff. There are times I have such a deficit, such an emptiness in my life. I don't need just my stuff. I need something way beyond that. I need something I neither work for or I don't deserve. And that is the grace of God. That is God extending his heart to us. You were made in the image of God. You are a bearer of God's divine purpose and image. But the Bible tells us that, that the devil hacked into the heart of man and downloaded a virus called, called rebellion. And Adam and Eve's sin turned their back upon God, and that disobedience kind of became, the, became the, the pathway of humanity. And because of that, all mankind, because of Adam, became, became a sinner. But God in his grace responded. God in his grace reached out to us and said, your life is not going to be empty. It can be full of his purpose. And I would like to share with you what God is and Scripture is teaching us about grace. First, there is what I'm going to call the invitation to grace. The invitation of grace, the invitation of grace comes to us from the Lord. Sometimes you get an invitation, and on that invitation it will have RSVP. It's basically saying, please respond. That's what it means. God is saying, please respond to him. There's an RSVP. God is saying, please respond. The empty tomb is God saying, please respond. God acted. God has reached out, and he's inviting you. He's inviting me to respond to him. In the book of Romans, chapter number 5, and I'm going to be reading some verses, so just leave your Bible open and your app open to that as we walk through this message uh, today. It says in verse number 8, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the invitation of grace. God demonstrates his love for you and I in this. When you and I were sinners, when, when we were, in effect, disenfranchised from God, we could even say enemies of God, we were separated for God, from God, guess what God did? He sent his one and only son, Jesus, and he died for us so that you and I could have life in God. You ever seen these pictures that people will post online or somewhere they'll have a, a before picture and an after picture? It may be before they started working out and now they're robust and strong. Or the before and after when they lost weight, they, they, were, they were, looked like this before they lost weight and then they looked so slim and healthy after. Some it's a makeover or, or whatever the case may be. They're the, the before and the after picture. I mean, let me just say something to, to singles if I can a moment. Please don't believe this phrase. We, we hear it sometimes. And, and every married couple, you're tracking with me right now, will hear the phrase when we're dating, I love you just the way you are. 
don't ever believe that. <laughs> don't, don't ever believe that. Because people will say that, and then the more they learn about us, they say that before they know us. And then after they learn more about us, after they see us, they, they get an experience of our temperament and our personality, they have a different opinion of us. And then all of a sudden, we move into that ex-category, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, or ex-spouse. That, that can happen in life. The incredible thing about God is that God loved us. He saw us before. While we were yet sinners, God knew our mess. He knew our weakness. But while we were sinners, God knew us in our worst. But God saw us in the after as well. God sees us in the after. What Christ can do in our life, what Jesus can make, make happen in our, in our lives. And God extends his love, the invitation of grace. It's, it's called by theologians the prevenient grace, that God is extending his love to us before we're actually lovable. God's extending his kindness to us before we actually deserve kindness. God is reaching out. He is proactive in our life, trying to draw us to him. He knows you in your present state. He sees you as you were in your before. But God sees your after of what Jesus can do, and he's given you and I the invitation of grace. I have pastored for many years, and there's a common, there's a common turmoil that is in heart. So I, I've heard this so many times with people that, that kind of get stuck. I, I, I can't serve God, or I, I can't be the better person. I, I, I can't receive forgiveness. I've done something in the past. I, I've been somewhere. I've, something's happened to me. I've been through this experience. I'm damaged goods. And it's kind of summed up in this. I'm not good enough. I can't get rid of my pain, my past pain, or it's too late for me. And if you're saying that, if you feel like you're caught in, in a pain of the past, an abuse, something that's happened, if you feel like it's too late for you, if you feel like that you're not good enough, may I just share with you what Scripture says? And while we were sinners, the before, the before God sees it. And he sees you right now, as it were, after Jesus comes into your life, he sees you, he, he, he sees the potential of us after we're forgiven, after our hearts have been restored, after our lives have got back on track, after we've come out of the, the mire of guilt. God sees us as the person we, we will be, that making new person we will be. And God says, I will act ahead of time. I will give the invitation of grace when you're at your worst so I can make the best in your life and take you to a new place. You see, God is always inviting us before we ask him. That's grace. Before you ask the Lord, before you have an interest in God, before you had time before God, before you had a, a desire for God, God had a desire for you. God is always working, sending out the invitation of grace so you can know the incredible change that God brings and that empty picture frame, God fills it with a masterpiece. I have it at home, a, a little 
a travel kit that when I travel on a trip and I'm overnight or whatever the case from business trip or ministry trip for the church, whatever the case may be, I have it in one area and I pull it together and I have this little black zipper bag and in that black zipper bag, I have a little travel mirror. So wherever I go, I have that little travel mirror where I'm in a, in a hotel I can use to attend to comb hair and etc. all you need to do to get ready in the morning. Well, here recently, I, I dropped and broke my travel mirror. I had to go get a new one. But interesting, when I dropped and broke it, it was in probably about, about 20 pieces on the floor there in the, the bathroom where the tile was. And I leaned over to pick it up. And you know what a mirror does? A mirror always reflects an image. And I was caught as I leaned over to pick up the pieces of the broken mirror. I saw my reflection in all of the pieces the broken pieces of that mirror on the floor. And it just made me think, I'm seeing my life, as it were, in broken pieces. Every little piece showed a section, but it wasn't together. I couldn't see the full image. I could just see brokenness. And you know that's some of us. That's some of you. You're looking at your life, and you're seeing brokenness. You don't see the big, full picture of what God can do. You're seeing a broken heart and disappointments here. You're seeing a part of here that looks a little good, but it feels incomplete. You see where you tried hard and you almost made it. But you see your life in broken pieces like that mirror. It's the, it's the betrayal of marital trust. And, and you, you have never got past that. For some You've never forgiven yourself. And for others, you've never had that, that deepest wound in your spirit healed because of that betrayal. Others, perhaps it's that emotional deficit in our life that's always expressed in these toxic relationships we move into. And at seasons of your life and moments of your life, it was this relationship and you, you were so hungry to be loved, so, so desirous to be connected, so needed somebody, but it blinded you to the toxic relationship and you got into it and it became a mess. It became a broken piece of a mirror, a broken piece of your life. And that's how you see yourself. Do you know that Jesus, when he went to a cross, the Bible says, and while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He went to the cross. But it wasn't, it wasn't soldiers that put him on the cross. And it wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross. It was, it was our sin that put him on the cross. And it was God's love that kept him there. He could have come down from that cross, but he chose not to. He chose to love you and I. You see, grace, grace is about forgiveness, not perfection. And some of us feel so beaten down, so unworthy, so unqualified for God. But the grace of God, there's an invitation to you that God wants to forgive, God wants to restore. And if that's you, if, if you're needing if you're needing Jesus to forgive you, if you're needing Jesus to come into your life, we call it making new here. 
with that. When God comes into your heart for the very first time, and you turn to Jesus and you ask Jesus to forgive you. You ask Jesus to, to make you a new person. You want to accept that invitation of grace. I'm going to invite you to, in the comments section as you're watching just to type the word Jesus. And when you type the word Jesus, it'll go up on the screen, but really it's a prayer offered to God saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, change me. Jesus, I accept your invitation of grace. I want to be a new person. If I could give you any advice, stop trying to be good enough for God. Stop trying to earn God. Stop trying to fix everything and get ready for God and get your life in order so you'll be lovable. The Bible says, and while we were sinners, when we were at our worst, guess what he did? God sent his son to give us the best. That's the invitation of grace. I want you to hear the story of Essie and the moment in which she accepted the invitation of grace. When we talk about God's grace, I am God's grace. This is what God's grace looks like. I'm Essie Ramahi. So I was 10 years old when I started looking for Jesus. Um, my dad was Muslim, my mom was Catholic. I, it didn't make sense to me. And at that point, I started reading my Bible um, on my own. And I just, I guess at 12 years old is when I finally made the decision that I wanted to be saved and follow just Jesus. And it was the most phenomenal feeling in the world at that age. Um, I got to high school and life was totally different. I put Jesus second, found my high school sweetheart. I was 17 with my first child and then just every two years after I had children. You know, my children's dad and I, we just weren't, it wasn't right. He, he wasn't he wasn't able to settle into a relationship and be a father and be, you know, the provider for us and be the husband and he just he just wasn't there. So fast forward a few years and this very toxic relationship that I fought to make work and was making so many negotiations with God. Please hear me, please do this. If you do this, I will do this, you know. I remember being in my closet, telling him, please, just give me what I'm asking for. Just change his heart. I would hear him saying, this is not the person for you. This is not what I have planned for you. I was taking care of everything on my own. I was a single parent with four children. So I made a big mistake. I was applying for public assistance, didn't report some income, ended up getting audited, and I ended up um, having a felony against me. And when I went to do a check-in, um, I didn't get to go back home. <sighs> the judge didn't even listen to me. I begged him not to take me. He didn't even want to hear me. I tried to explain to him 
that the income I didn't report was income I was never going to receive. It was child support court ordered, but it didn't mean I was going to get it. I hadn't been receiving it. He didn't care. I was chained to the woman in front of me and the woman behind me. And one of the guards asked if I was going to be okay. And I said, I'm not staying here. Either I'm going home or I'm going to heaven. I'm not staying here. Just wanted it in my life. I didn't want to be there. I couldn't be with my children. So I was in, in suicide watch. All I could think was, why would God do this to me? What did my kids do? I don't care what happens to me, but why them? Why did they have to experience this? And that's all I kept thinking about. How badly I failed them. They trusted me as their mom and I failed them. She pushed a Bible in there and told me, there's no other way but up from here. You're not here because of what you did. You gotta dig deeper and figure out why you're here. Those words have set with me my entire life now. I started reading the Bible. It slapped me in my face and I realized why I was there. I knew it. I was there because I wasn't listening to him. He loved me enough to pull me aside and say we're starting over. I knocked on the door and I said, I'm done. <laughs> and the guard was like, what does that mean, Ramahi? I said, I'm done. I want to go to population. I got work to do. So when I got put in population, my goal was, I'm going to bring as many women as I know to Jesus. As hard as this is to say, because I don't know, I don't know that anybody would really understand it, was prison can be circumstances and it wasn't gonna get me. I may have been confined, but I never had been so free in my life. That was where I said, this is what freedom feels like. This is what God means by surrender. And if you've never heard from God before, it's just an amazing feeling to hear Him just whisper into my heart and my mind and tell me, this is what's gonna happen next. It was just a renewal. It was such a renewal. And to this day, you know, now I've, I mean, I have my own home. My kids, you know, my oldest son is about to get married. You know, both my oldest kids have graduated from college. Noah's in college, Cassandra's in high school. I just think when I did it his way, look what he continues to bless me with. Why did I ever go a different direction? because I saw what the enemy tried to destroy in me and my family. But God used it for something totally different because what I'm doing today is what he designed me to do.
Yes, for every one of us, there's an invitation of grace. But there's also what I'm going to call continuing grace. As we walk with the Lord, God continues to bring his grace working in our life. Again, let's go to Romans chapter number 5, verse 17 and 18. And as I read the verses, just let me kind of unpack a few things if I can for us to help us kind of grasp really the depth of what God is saying, continuing grace. Romans 5, 17. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more, grasp that, how much more Well, those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. All this happens through Jesus. And how much more, no matter how bad Adam made it and how big a mess we made of life, through the one man, Jesus, God has extended more abundant provision of grace to us. Verse 18. Consequently, or we could say because of this, consequently or because of this, just as the one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also, stop there, so also. Every time I read that in verse number 18, I'm reminded of John 3.16, for God so loved. Yes, there is God so loving, there's the invitation of grace, but there is a continuation of grace. Not only is there God so loving, there's God so also. So also. That's actually in the original language. So also. Continuing grace. There's more grace. That more abundant grace. The one righteous act that resulted in justification. The word justification, we could use the word forgiveness. It's a word that we we often say, uh, saved. I've been saved. Forgiveness. Through the the one man, Jesus, we can be saved, we can be forgiven, and the Bible says, not only forgiven, and life for all. Please notice that. God said, so also forgiveness and life. That word life there, and the original language doesn't mean you just live. They're they're a living person, and many of us are, are, are alive but we don't feel alive on the inside. This is the concept, this word life. It's the, word, uh, the word life here is the same word that the gospel, Jesus said he came to give life and life more abundant or life to its fullest in John 10, 10. It's that word. It doesn't mean just alive. It means an abundant, a, a, a fulfilled life a meaningful life, a purposeful life. God gives us grace not only to free us from the punishment of sin, but to give us that more abundant life to move beyond that. Justified, forgiven, and life. And there are many of us, we're missing the and in our experience. We've received the grace of invitation of grace. We've received Jesus into our life. But we We feel defeated. We feel beat down all the time. Spiritually and emotionally frustrated. Feeling like that we're second fiddle in the symphony of God's elect. We feel like we're we're missing something. We feel like that we're like that, that puzzle that comes missing a piece. 
that, that table we're putting together from Ikea that's missing a part. It's just not working. There's something missing, some emptiness in our life. And God says he has grace not only to save us, but he has grace to take us into something better. There's a grace to help us become and overcome in life. Continuing grace. And then the Bible also tells us there's abundant grace. Continuing grace. And God has abundant grace for you and I. This is again in Romans chapter 5, verse number 20. And it says there, this is good news for all of us. Where sin increased, and sometimes i got to admit, sin increases. I'd, li- I'd like to be able to say that once I, I received the invitation of grace, I continued in grace and I never stumbled, never messed up. No, I haven't done it. I haven't been perfect. I, I, I haven't completed every assignment God gave me. I haven't, I haven't made an A on every emotional and spiritual test I've ever taken. Yes, sometimes sin does increase. Sometimes we, we make a mistake and then we try to cover it up with another mistake. In other words, the sin does increase. There's a time in life when sin does increase. But notice this, when sin increases, talking about abundant grace, grace increased all the more. Grace increases all the more. Twice in that verse, the word increased is found. But what is very interesting, please stay with me on this. Although they're the same word in the English, they're not the same word in the original Greek language, which the New Testament is written in. You see, there is the increase of sin and God says, I see sin is going to always increase. I see that in humanity. I see that in human nature. And God says, I'm going to give abundant grace. And every time sin increases just a little, God says, I'm going to add a lot more grace there. It's the, the second word increase, the gracing that's increasing in our life is, is not just, is just not gallon per gallon for the sin. God is saying, I'm going to add an extra portion of grace every time sin increases. Every time you make a mistake, every time you second doubt your second guess yourself or, or doubt God, God is going to give you an increased portion of grace. You may fall in a hole that you feel like is 10 foot deep. God has a hundred foot reach for you. God will always stretch in his abundant grace to the point where you can find him the point where you can reach him. Sometimes life gives us more than we can handle. Wrong has increased. Mistakes have increased. We feel like we made a big mess of life. But God says every time the mess and the sin and the failure increases, here's what God is saying. I'm going to so increase my grace to you abundantly. You will always have the grace to overcome and the grace to become what God wants you to be. Well, that ought to encourage your heart. Abundant grace. Wow. What God can do. I don't know if you heard this story. Happened last week. There was a man in Indiana. Man in Indiana. 
he, uh, he went to the ATM store, uh, the ATM uh, machine, and he was going to get some money out of his account. Now, he was, he was anticipating his stimulus check to come, so he went to get $200 out of his account. And when he did, it showed a balance of $8.2 million. $8.2 million. He said, man, my stimulus check was a little more than what I thought. So he, he actually put the card in the ATM machine again to check it the second time. And sure enough, it showed a balance of $8.2 million. I was thinking, man, what could I do if I went to the bank and there was $8.2 million in the account. I could have my own Bluebell factory. I could own the, I could have all the ice cream that I could eat. $8.2 million. I could buy Denise the, the real Gucci purse instead of that one I picked off the hood of somebody's car across town at the corner of fake and knockoff. And I, they said, it looks just like it. No one will ever tell the difference. I could get her the real one. $8.2 million. The bank reached out to the man to, a couple days later and told him, uh, this was a mistake and you really don't have that much money. And he made a comment that was on the news. He said, I went from being a millionaire to being broke again. Wow. And I thought about that. I think in Christ, we, we see ourselves as always taking out just enough. Just enough. God, this is all I deserve. We, we take out this small portion. And in the bank of God's grace, there is this abundant grace that God wants to abound in your the abundant provision of his grace. Grace for the stress of life. Grace for the heartbreak of that relationship. Grace for what we're going through right now. To have the peace of God in the midst of turmoil and insecurity. The grace that will abound in your life. God has grace for you right now that goes beyond everything that's wrong and increasing in your life. The worship team is coming. And they're going to lead us in a moment of celebrating God's grace. I want you to get ready to respond. I'm going to come back after the song and have a moment, but I want to share this with you. I just want to plant this in your heart. Wherever life takes you, the grace of God will keep you.